Welcome to Thinking Ahead, your leading edge insights podcast. Each episode reveals the latest insights on today's consumers and offers a sneak peek of tomorrow's marketplace. Stop guessing what's next and start thinking ahead. everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Thinking Ahead, a GFK Insights podcast. This is Hannah Leiter, your host. For today's episode, we are looking at the top consumer trends in Latin America. Now, while Latin America tends to be overlooked compared to other regions in terms of global media coverage, the reality is, is that it's a large and vibrant region that offers an abundance of opportunity for marketers. Joining me today is Diane Crispell. Diane is a senior consultant with GFK Consumer Life. She produces many of the reports that provide insights to clients across a broad range of product categories with a specialty in demographics and lifestyles. Welcome, Diane. Hi, Anna. Nice to talk to you. Now, we have talked a lot about specifically the North American marketplace on this podcast, but we have recently started to look at Asia and a little bit in Europe. So, why should we pay attention to Latin America? Okay, well, it's a very good question. And you alluded to it in your intro, which is the fact that Latin America does tend to be what I think of as sort of a neglected or forgotten region. You know, we see lots of news and a lot of marketing attention gets paid to the giant Asian markets like China and India, and also the more advanced developed markets in Europe and the U.S. And this is understandable, given their economic clout um, and their kind of political visibility on the world stage. But Latin America is a really large region, has a lot of potential for business. Uh, the three major countries that we cover in our annual uh, consumer life study are Argentina, Brazil, and Mexico. And altogether, those three countries have nearly 400 million people. And that represents about two thirds of the entire Central South American uh, population of over 600 million. So that's larger than the U.S. And it's about 8% of the total global population. So it's a big place. Yeah, that is big. So how does their cultural outlook specifically affect their purchase decisions? I find that Latin America is a region that has kind of a hybrid mindset in a number of ways. They're some very traditional in some ways. They're very modern in other ways. And you can see this in their, their values, but also in their attitudes to things like technology and shopping. Um, and I think we're going to talk about this more when, when we get to more specific topics. But in general, Latin Americans seem to like to have their feet firmly planted in both the past and the present and then kind of reaching toward the future. Oh, yeah, we'll definitely get more into that. But just starting from the general, what are those top values that they find most important for their daily lives? Many of the things that Latin Americans value the most uh, as guiding principles in their lives are similar to those for people in other parts of the world. So things like honest, protecting the family, self-reliance, self-esteem, and freedom. Those are among their top 10 values, and that holds in other parts of the world as well. But they do differ from global norms in a number of ways, too. All three of our Latin American countries place higher than average value on some traditional things like modesty and traditional gender roles. Um, but they also place more value on a number of what I think of as kind of outward looking values, things like learning internationalism, open-mindedness, and perhaps most notable, all three countries value social tolerance much more than average. And then there are country-specific values too. So for example, in Mexico, being enterprising and enduring love 
are, are more important than average. Um, in Brazil, having fun is more important than average. And in Argentina, retribution, which is kind of a dark value because we do try to cover the spectrum of human experience on our list. So retribution is more important in Argentina. And also, I, I think that a lot of people tend to think of Latin America as a very devout part of the world. But in fact, of our three countries, only Brazil places more value than average on faith. And all told, and we'll find this in other areas as well, Brazil and Mexico tend to be more similar to each other, while Argentina is often the outlier in the region. Um, Argentinians in general tend to be a little more attuned to kind of same kinds of values and cultural norms that you see in Europe, a little closer ties to Europe. That's really surprising that it's Mexico and Brazil that are more similar. It's just because, of course, Brazil speak and there they speak Portuguese. So you would just assume with a different language that it would be Argentina and Mexico that are a little more similar with the Spanish. Yeah, it is interesting. And I think it's partly to do with the way these countries developed historically and in terms of the kinds of ties they had to their European, you know, uh, original colonial links to colonialism. And I think that's another reason, in fact, why North American American companies should be thinking about Latin America, because North and South America do share a cultural tradition in the sense that we are all part of the new world. Yeah, that's fair. Well, thinking of the quote unquote new world versus other areas, I know that compared to Asia and Europe, the populations in Latin America are quite young when you look at the overall demographics. So how does this affect their priorities? Well. Something I think that's not surprising at all is that younger people tend to be more tech tech involved, right? So, so that's one thing. Um, but I think one thing that also might be surprising is that, in fact, in Latin America, generation gaps, you know, we, always, we tend to think of generation gaps in the U.S. Older people don't get along with younger people. They don't understand each other, et cetera, et cetera. But in fact, when we look at the values that I was just talking about a couple of minutes ago, we find that the generation gap is much smaller in Latin America than it is elsewhere in the world. So, for example, uh, we have young people tend to be more kind of fun loving and hedonistic in general, while older people tend to be a little more kind of people social responsibility oriented. But in fact, we see that the, the folks in the, the Gen Z, so it's, you know, older teens, young adults, Gen Z in Brazil and Mexico, for example, actually kind of are over closer to the people side than the what we call the pleasure side of our value space. So the, and there's less of a gap there. So they tend to share more with the with their older peers, which creates, I think, a little more kind of cohesion in that region. Another thing I just want to point out again, one way in which Brazil and Mexico are a little bit different from Argentina. I, Argentina is actually a little older than average. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah, Argentina's a little older. Again, another way in which they're a little more similar to the, the European markets. Um, they're not as old as the markets in you know Japan, Western Europe, where, where the population is much older. But um, so, for example, this affects things like household structure. So in Argentina, households are less likely to have children than they are in Brazil and Mexico. Um, so, and of our three markets, Mexico, yeah, is the youngest. Had a lot of kids. Yeah. Is there any, or does the data reveal any reason why Argentina is an older population? Or maybe that's a history question for a history expert. 
that's actually a, a demographic question, and that's that's my background. So I can I can speak to it, not specifically for Argentina necessarily, but in general, the reason that populations are older is because over time health and life expectancy have improved. So people live longer. So older people become a larger share of the population. And that's been happening for decades in, in, in you know, some of the most developed uh, countries. At the other end, once people start living longer, they they also tend to have fewer children. So it kind of whittles out the lower end of the age spectrum. And mm. for whatever reason, that's clearly what's been happening in Argentina, that they just, you know, I don't know if it has to do with health care or if it is more on the, you know, having smaller family side of things. Right. You've mentioned a little bit now about technology, and I know that we talked about this also a little bit when we were talking about you coming on as a guest as a podcast, and you talked about how Latin America happens to have people that have these really traditional views, and they're really, really into their traditions, but they also love their technology, and they can be really tech savvy. Can you talk a little bit more about this? Sure, yeah. Um, I think one thing Again, to provide a little bit of context, Latin America as a region is categorized as a developing or emerging region in terms of its economies. Uh, So they definitely have issues with things like internet access, internet speed. So infrastructure tends to lag in places like Latin America when it comes to technology. But one thing that's great about mobile technology in particular is that it can kind of jump over or leapfrog some of the obstacles that have been faced with earlier generations of technology. So for example, years ago in the first few generations of cell phones, we saw that people in places like China and India would get cell phones when they'd never had landline phones because they could. And so that's the kind of thing that helps even, quote, less developed markets be very forward looking with technology. So. Um, in any case, so Latin Americans are definitely interested in technology. They're excited about it. One of the questions we asked in our study last year was how technology makes people feel about the future. And we had a range of both positive and negative emotions related to that. And Latin Americans were indeed more likely than average to say that technology made them feel excited which was our most positive connotation. And then Brazilians on top of that were also more likely to say that it made them feel confident, which was another positive emotion. And then another thing that's interesting about um, technology in Latin America is that people there are more likely than average to feel that video games in particular um, can be a positive influence, that they can actually enhance learning and education. Um, They also feel that video games can lead to real world violence, but at a lower level. So at the global level, there's a big gap. People are, are, are you know, video games being used for learning and education is not prized as much in the rest of the world. And by the way, Latin Americans do know about real world violence. <laughs> Crime and lawlessness is, is perennially one of their top concerns. So they know what they're talking about when it comes to that. I would say that's probably a different view than in the United States with the video games. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely more of a concern in certain cultures. If you have to deal with actual real-world violence, you know, video games don't don't seem so bad. That is fair. 
when it comes to actually using technology, Latin Americans tend to be average. They're not, you know, way ahead of other people necessarily, but they're not behind either. They're not laggards um, in any way, um, except the Argentinians a little bit. And again, this could be this could be related to the fact they're a little bit older, uh, a little bit maybe more old fashioned. Um, for example, Argentinians are more likely to use desktop computers, you know, some kind of older generation technology. Um, but Latin Americans in general do stand out in some ways in terms of their tech use. Um, so Brazilians and Mexicans are more likely uh, to have recently used home video game consoles, systems, um, video streaming devices, and Bluetooth earbuds or headphones. So kind of more on the fun entertainment side of things. Um, and in all three countries, people are more likely than average to use social media and video game apps. So there's definitely, you know, they're definitely ahead on certain things. So with Brazil and Mexico, you said they use more of the streaming service. Um, so I'm assuming one of them is the most tech savvy. Is there a clear winner out of those three that tends to be the most advanced in using it? Brazil tends to be more enthusiastic in some ways. And they also do tend to be a little ahead on a number of apps, actually. Brazilians in particular like to use a lot of apps. Uh, so fun things like music and video streaming, but also practical things like banking and mobile payment apps. Um, and then the other thing that Brazilians are high on, again, they tend to be enthusiastic. Uh, they are the most interested in certain future products becoming a part of everyday life. And some of these are not that far out in the future. So totally self-driving cars, for example, Brazilians are most interested in those. Um, also robots that can do household chores. So robots, robots that can do your cleaning. <laughs> I'd like one of those. <laughs> and uh, computerized or AI doctors. So, so Brazilians are definitely more enthusiastic about a bunch of things. I always love it when the prospect of a robot maid comes up. That would be fantastic. I would love someone or something to be able to fold my laundry for me. Yes. I've, and I've read that they, there are prototypes for products like that. So. Oh, sign me up. Yeah. Well, that kind of alludes a little bit to the next question I had for you, which is smart home technology. Is that something that they really like to invest in besides, of course, the cleaning part of it? Yeah, actually, uh, there's a good amount of interest in smart home products in uh, Latin America. And as with other things, Brazilians tend to top the list. They tend to raise their hands the most in terms of saying that they're, they're interested in uh, things like... Um, we asked about, I think, eight different kinds of tasks that, that you know, that smart home products could, could uh, conduct for you. And everybody tends to be most interested in things that will optimize energy usage of appliances and the like, because that also saves money, which is a consideration. Um, and but also the convenience factor. So things that let you remotely control your appliances, your lights, security systems, things like that. So yeah, they have a fair, fair, fair amount of interest in those things. Well, putting now the lifestyle we talked about first and the technology together, let's talk about shopping. How does the Latin American consumer like to shop? And this is again where you see the kind of the hybrid, their traditional and modern approach really come to the fore. It's, it's very interesting. Um, we all know the online shopping skyrocketed last year with all the pandemic lockdowns. And that happened everywhere in the world, really. Um, 
I found one source that indicated that more than 17 million people in Brazil started shopping online last year, just for the first time. And that was 23% growth rate. So substantial boost. Um, And again, we saw that. And I think most people expect, don't expect the growth to continue at that pace, but that things will, you know, still grow or maybe level off at at a at a higher level. And you know, we're seeing the same thing with things like streaming services, right? People started subscribing like crazy. And some people will drop them, but a lot of people will say, hey, this works. I'm gonna, you know, stick with this. So um on the other hand, there's a noise, there's always another hand. People in now in this time, Argentina and Mexico get together. They're more similar. People in Argentina and Mexico still really like to shop in stores. Um, we asked a question last year about recent shopping for across, I think it was something like 19 product specific product categories. But if you average them all together, it was about half of people in Argentina and Mexico said they were shopping exclusively in stores. So that's my, and that's much higher than average. So it's really important not to discount the value of, of brick and mortar in, in those countries. Then of course there's omnichannel, which is really becoming the mainstream approach in a lot of places. Doing both, doing both, right? But you know, flexibility is great. So um, that same question, we found that Brazilians were even more likely than the global average to say that they, sh- you know, shop both online and in stores. So they're definitely doing the hybrid thing. So it's, an, again, another way they, they kind of combine tradition with new. And then the other thing is that uh, shoppers in Latin America are ahead in terms of their interest on certain kinds of leading edge shopping technology. So, for example, um, I think I already mentioned a little bit about payment apps, you know, and banking apps. They're a little bit more interested in those and they actually use those. Uh, so specifically, we have about three and four Brazilians say that they use their phones to shop online. So they're make, they're doing online purchases on their phones. And two and three Argentinians say that they use their phones to um, to pay for things, so using payment apps. Um, and people in all three of these markets are more likely than average to say that they're interested in using virtual tech, virtual reality or augmented reality uh, to try out new products before using them. So that's things like, you know, you want to see how the clothing is going to fit you or how the makeup's going to look, um, or you want to see how the furniture is going to look in your room, that kind of thing. So um, so they're very interested in those. So that's something to think about in terms of appeal to them, because that kind of, again, combines the, the being there versus doing being the virtual thing. Now, they are not quite as interested in people as people in developing Asia about using VR or AR to shop as if you're in a real store, which I think is a little for that's a little more nascent, I think. I mean, I know there are, you know, AR apps now where you can try on the clothes and the furniture and things. But VR that makes you feel like you're shopping in a real store, I think is a little further out. And that might be why people in developing Asia are a little more gung-ho on it, because I think the uh, people in developing Asia, like China, China in particular, um, or South Korea tend to be you know, very much ahead on a lot of tech shopping kinds of um, platforms and things. So, but Latin America is second after developing Asia, so they're not that far behind. 
What are some of the important factors that they consider before purchase in terms of price, quality, the brand, anything like that? Kind of like the situation with personal values, Latin Americans tend to care most about a lot of the same things that other people care about. Uh, we asked a question um, about the factors most important in choosing one brand over another in three very different product categories. Cars, which is a big ticket item you don't buy very often. Technology, which kind of covers a range of sort of mid-price mid, mid kinds of products. And then personal care and beauty, which are you know regular kind of low-ticket purchases. And so we asked about those three categories. And so for cars, for example, the number one thing in again, Brazil and Mexico pairing up, uh, is actually the same as the global. The number one factor for cars in Brazil is quality. That's the number one thing. Um, it's lower in Argentina. I think it's number four. Then the number two factor for cars in Argentina and Brazil is price. Um, and that's the same as the global ranking. The second ranking item for cars in Mexico is being a well-known brand. Um, so Price, quality, being a well-known brand, that's for cars. Now, quality and price are also important for technology and personal care um, brand choices, but another factor kind of floats, floats toward the top for, for these kinds of products, and that is experience with the brand. Um, this is number one for all three countries for personal care beauty products um, versus number two uh, globally. It's number one for tech products in Argentina Argentina and Mexico versus number two globally. Uh, and in fact, experience with the brand is actually the number one brand factor for cars in Argentina. So this is yet another example of how Latin Americans kind of hold on to tradition. If they're familiar with the brand, that really counts for a lot. Where do they go for advice before they decide to make those purchase decisions? There are a couple different avenues for purchase influence. So one of those is the kind of people that you turn to, the kind of people you rely on for advice. So when we asked a question about that, we found that at the global level, there are three kinds of people who basically just about tie in terms of their, their influence. Uh, and that is friends, spouses or partners, and then other family members, except, except for kids. So people like parents, siblings, cousins, whatever, right? Extended family. So those things are about equal at the global level. In Latin America, the top ranking type of person is the other family members. So they even outweigh the spouses, which I thought was kind of interesting. And it could speak to, you know, broader, you know, kind of extended family networks and interconnections in that, in that part of the world. Um, other kinds of people are less important, um, relied on by maybe 10 to 30% of people in general. Uh, people, the people you work with or go to school with, people you know from your neighborhood or community groups or um, hobbies that you share with people, that kind of thing. And all of these are actually a little bit less important in Latin America than they are globally. It's really the close personal networks that are most important for them. Then there's another set of influences, which are the marketing 
influences, right? And the, and the point of purchase influences. So when we looked at a list of, I think we had 18 items that we listed, and we asked a similar question, you know, which, you know, which of these most influence, you know, your purchase decisions. Um, and here we have Argentina and Mexico popping up. Remember, um, they like to shop in stores, right? So in-store displays rank number one for Argentina and Mexico. Um, and product samples or demonstrations rank number two in those two countries. You know, again, these are people who like to shop in the store. So things that are in the store are going to impact them more. In Brazil, on the other hand, much more kind of online oriented, uh, in-store displays rank just 12 out of 18. So way down the list. And samples, product samples are ranked number seven. So also like halfway down the list. So again, in line with Brazilians' tendency to be interested in shopping online exclusively or in combination with store shopping, their number one kind of marketing influence is brand websites. Again, that well-known brand experience with the brand, the brand, the brand piece matters to them more than it does in other countries. Um, and then that in Brazil is followed by general shopping websites like, like Amazon, which is the number one uh, globally. Um, also, kind of interestingly, all three of these countries rank online advertising higher than average. So, so that's also useful. And then in other ways, Latin Americans are fairly typical in terms of the kinds of things that influence them. Um, online reviews from experts are popular. Um, information at the shelf in the store um, are kind of high, in the top five factors or so. Things like more traditional things like uh, TV commercials are kind of more in the middle. Um, social media advertising falls in the middle. So, so they have a wide range of things. And again, what they what they consider important reflects their mixed traditional and modern outlook. Thinking ahead, what types of trends do brands need to be following in order to keep their consumers or gain them if they're new in this region? Uh, in the future? I think it's important, first of all, to be aware of the external macro trends um, that affect people, the things that don't necessarily, are not necessarily in their control, like the economy and politics, things like that, uh, the pandemic, political and social issues. You know, these are the kinds of things that frame the context in which people live their lives and, and make their purchase decisions, right? So you, you need to pay attention to that stuff. But beyond that, I think it's important to um, track the same kinds of trends that are happening elsewhere in the world. So I think it is especially important to look at the way people are using technology and how they're shopping. Um, but it's also important to look at their general lifestyles, you know, how they spend their time, how they work and play, who they connect with and how. Um, because these are the kinds of things that really determine, you know, what they're looking for and what motivates them. Awesome. Well, thank you, Diane, so much for being here today. I have one last question for you before I let you go. As someone who works deeply with this type of data and specifically in trends, what is your best advice for those who are looking for ways to turn trends like these into actionable, smart business decisions? My best advice always is to take a holistic view. You know, consumers are real people. They're human beings. 
They're not just a number on a, in a database. They're not just a customer who buys or doesn't buy a particular brand. Um, so always think about the, the whole person, you know, what's going on in their lives, uh, what they care about, and what motivates them. Awesome. Well, thank you again for one last time, Dan, for being here and lending myself and everyone who's listening your expertise for this quick little episode. Now, if you want more information, all of this data did come from GFK Consumer Life's new report on Latin America that is available for purchase. If you want more information about that, or if you want to see a sample of that report, I will leave all of those links for you in the show notes and make sure to check that out. So one last time, Diane, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Thinking Ahead. For more information on today's topic, you can click the link in the description. And please make sure to leave us a rating and review. Let us know what you like about the show. And of course, if you haven't done so already, hit that subscribe button to keep up to date on the latest insights. We'll see you next time so you can keep thinking ahead.